5: Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun.
6: 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. tonight We'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The
2: Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
0: Here comes Harvick. up the
7: gun into Texas. You know, I think as you look at Vegas, it's totally different than what we do here.
6: You're going to really see where we are from an aero standpoint. Keselowski trying to bull jam. Probably should have won this race last spring, and we had a heart failure <laughs> next to the last lap. and uh, while leading, so that's just part of how it goes. Kurt
8: Busch rolls the house out of the it's, uh, it's never translated
9: to that home field advantage. I've always struggled here in Vegas. I've qualified well over the years,
2: but haven't raced well. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you after week two Of the 2018 season, we've had trucks, Xfinity, and then Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series racing over the weekend in Atlanta. And Kevin Harvick won two of the three, winning Saturday in the Xfinity Series race. And, of course, Sunday in the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Joining us on the show will be Kevin's crew chief, Rodney Childers. We'll talk about that win in Atlanta And he'll also give us a preview of what we can expect this weekend when the NASCAR world heads west out to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. In the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series over the weekend, Brett Moffitt won the Active Pest Control 200 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll talk to Brett about his victory and also about his race team that is owned by Shiggy Hattori. Last week on the show, we heard the first half of a two-part series with Tony Stewart. We'll hear the rest of that conversation today. And we'll also preview this weekend's race at Las Vegas with Kevin Harvick, also Martin Truex Jr. and Brad Keselowski. Kim Kuhn's going to be here with a Social Media Minute. And we've got this week in NASCAR history and much more. Kicking off the show this week is Kyle Ricky with the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle, what do you have? Mike, the Monster
9: Energy NASCAR Cup Series heads to Las Vegas Motor Speedway this weekend for the third event of the season. After two races, the biggest surprise in the championship standings just might be seven-time series champion Jimmy Johnson, who is currently 35th in points and behind drivers that did not even race in Atlanta last week. Johnson feared before the start of the season that so many changes, including the transition to the Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 and some competition changes on the racetrack, may hinder his team's results.
3: From where I'm sitting, I've, I've never seen so much change, and it's mainly focused on HMS, pit stops and rules. It's, it's a big year. There's a lot of change that's going on, especially for what we deal with on the competition side. Johnson
9: has gone 25 races without a win, the longest winless streak in his career. Go Fast Racing has announced today that the team has parted ways with Gene Need to invent crew for Matt Benedetto. Randy Cox has taken over the crew chief responsibilities beginning this weekend for the team in Las Vegas. And Brett Moffitt won last Saturday's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race in Atlanta, driving for Hatori Racing and team owner Shiggy Hattori, who was emotional post-race just after picking up his first National Series win in NASCAR as a team owner.
0: Again, I'm so happy, and I put together a good deal for Brett. I tried to help... Uh, you know, young driver has time, but really difficult to find good deal.
9: The trucks return to the racetrack this Friday night in Las Vegas, and Motor Racing Network will have live coverage beginning at 8.30 Eastern Time. And for all the news throughout the weekend in Las Vegas, see
0: MRN.com. Mike? Thanks, Kyle. Coming up next, we'll hear the rest of that exclusive interview with Tony Stewart. And later, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series winner Brent
2: Moffitt will join us. Here
0: they come, three wide for the lead on the back straightaway.
2: There's only one. Here
0: comes Kyle Larson. He'll dive to the bottom
2: on Truick. Great American race. Daytona Beach has so much NASCAR history. Celebrating 60 years of speed.
0: Jimmy Johnson continuing to show the way And suspense. The move is going to come. The question is, who will be the first to make it, and
2: when will it happen? The 60th annual Daytona 500.
0: Hamlin to the bottom of Johnson. Now Boyer shoves Logano to the lead.
2: February 18th on the Motor Racing Network. After more than 1 million hours of development, the truck of the
9: future has arrived. The new Cascadia from Freightliner, inspired by science, driven by passion. It's loaded with driver-focused improvements, such as noise abatement technologies for an even quieter ride, an innovative wraparound dashboard for improved comfort, and a reimagined driver's lounge that promotes productivity and relaxation. Experience the new Cascadia at your dealer or online at
0: Freightliner.com. We've got a face-to-face interview with Tony Stewart next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Recently, Kim Kuhn chatted with Tony Stewart about his race team, about his personal life. The interview ended up being pretty long, so we had to cut it into two parts. Here is the second half of that NASCAR Live face-to-face interview with Smoke.
10: You added a new family member to the Stewart household. You got a puppy, new puppy. Yeah, another dog. How's the dog training going?
3: Well, luckily we got her from the trainer. So uh, you know, Max and uh, and Mia is the new dog. Uh, she's two and he's four, and, and they both came from the same trainer. So they uh, they're technically protection dogs, but I didn't buy them for the protection part as much as I I wanted the discipline that they have and especially when we go dirt track racing we're around a lot of people and and loud cars and this and that and uh, they they, she did really good this is her first uh these last two weeks have been her first races that she's went to and she's done really well so she's um she's turning into mommy's girl and max's daddy's boy so penny's finally happy because penny has been always distraught she loves max so much and then but if you put max in one spot, and you put us a hundred feet he wants in the opposite direction. Yeah. he's gonna come to me if mm-hmm. I if I w- start going away from him. He's gonna come to me, and that that always got her upset. So now she has a dog in the family that loves her more than me. So she's <laughs> she's finally happy.
10: <laughs> Jimmy Johnson revealed at the end of last season that he created this champions journal eight years ago. Yes, and that was passed along to you when you became uh, once again a champion in two thousand eleven. Can you give us any insight on what your entries were like, or what advice you gave to future champions?
3: Well, and I think that's, I'm gonna say no, because that's what Jimmy liked about this journal, is that it was just a message from the previous year's champion to the new champion. And that's the great thing about it, is every message is just a very personal message from one champion to another, and I I think you know down the road if this thing makes it 50 years down the road i mean it would be incredible to go back uh and i don't know if we'll ever you know if, if us past champions will ever get a chance to go back and look at any of that or not i hope i hope that we would get a chance to do that because i think uh the messages from champion the champion are were, were, would be incredible i know i know when i looked at it and the, the previous champions that were in their their entries uh, in the book it was uh it was really heartfelt messages that really tore your heart. And, uh, but a part of what I really loved about it is this that it's 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 a very very I mean it's it's like a girl's uh, diary diary essentially. Um, but it's 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 that tight uh, lip that you know it's it's literally between the champions, and uh, you know it's something I think that's that's one of the many many things that I've always loved and respected about jimmy johnson uh, you know there's people that love him and there's people that hate him and the people that hate him hate him just because he's way too good at his job um, in their opinion but you know there's there's so many aspects of jimmy johnson that um, you know really i'm i'm proud to say i'm his friend and I'm, I'm proud of him as not only a race car driver but more so as a person
10: do you think knowing how heartfelt Maybe your entry was, and Jimmy's, and then obviously um, champions after you guys. That maybe it would help future drivers who win championships understand drivers. Maybe they had rivalries with, or didn't understand uh, personality rise?
3: Oh, I think so. I mean, like you say, it's 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 a moment where there's no there's no competition at that point. It's it's literally just one champion. You know, to another champion, respect to another champion, and, and you know, some of them had advice, some of them had uh, words of wisdom. Uh, you know, but a lot of them, just the mutual admiration that everybody in that book had for each other, is what uh, you know is not necessarily what you see every Sunday or Saturday night on a racetrack. Sure. But at the end of the day, when when the competition's over, the respect that we all have for each other really shows in, the, in that journey.
10: There's been so much talk recently, specifically about the young talent in the field, especially the Cup Series. What do you think that young talent brings to the sport?
3: Well, it's fresh ideas, fresh attitudes. Um, You know, it's just a younger group. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think back when I was a rookie, I think I was 25 when I was a rookie, and I was... Really, really young compared to all the guys I raced with, and now you got guys that are 18, 19 years old that are rookies that have never even had to work outside of high school. <laughs> so it, it's kind of a weird deal. So um, you know, but they're talented. I mean, they, they're, which I mean, we could go on all day about drivers and talent. I mean, there's over a million race car drivers in the United States trying to get 40, 40 slots every Sunday, but I can promise you, there's more than 40 drivers that have the talent to be there. So you know for those for these young guys that get here i mean it's um i don't know if they really realize how how special it really is that they have that opportunity
10: is there any driver and not necessarily in the cup series but one of the young drivers in any of nascar's top three series that you watch that you are reminded of yourself at that age
3: i would like to think kyle larson (laughs) um you know and i think kyle was better than i think i still think kyle's better than i was at that age um you know kyle's i think there's I, I think kyle's one of those kids that you can just about drop him in anything and he's he's going to be pretty good at it right away i mean and, I, and i've seen him when he ran the rolex car he struggled a little bit but there, there's one thing i mean i know for sure he was he's a lot better in a wing sprint car than i ever was um when i watch him in that but um you know he's just fearless when it comes to to driving on the racetrack and that's probably the guy that I think most closely resembles what what my career was like.
0: That's Tony Stewart as he talked with Kim Kuhn on this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. Coming up next, Brett Moffitt will join us, and later, Kevin Harvick's crew chief, Rodney
8: Childers, will join us. This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs, like the free fix finder tool. When your check engine light comes on, get it checked out at AutoZone. Whether it's small or serious, you can troubleshoot the real problem free of charge so you can get it fixed right the first time. And power through the dark this winter by upgrading to brighter headlights. You can boost your visibility and your safety. Visit any of our 5,000 locations nationwide and let's get you what you need.
6: Get in the zone,
9: AutoZone. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick
2: for some confusing metaphors. Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell them to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you, the meat on that burrito ain't gonna light the
1: candle. Thanks for clarifying, Rick.
2: If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
0: The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will be at Las Vegas Motor Speedway this weekend for the Stratosphere 200. Motor Racing Network has live coverage Friday night at 8.30 Eastern Time. Atlanta winner Brett Moffitt joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This
2: is NASCAR Live.
3: Moffat checked out and gone, near contact for second behind him. Sauter still trying to fend off Noah Gregson, but here's Ben Rhodes peeking his nose to the inside. Three-truck race for second, but it's Brett Moffat coming to the checkered flag. Brett Moffat had not led a lap all day. He'll lead the final two laps. Moffitt wins at Atlanta. Now,
2: back to Mike Bagley.
0: That's how it sounded Saturday night right here on the Motor Racing Network. Brett Moffitt getting career win number two winning the active Pest Control 200 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And Brett joins us now. Brett, welcome back to NASCAR Live. Congratulations on getting the win there at Atlanta.
7: Yeah, thank you. It was um, it was quite a blessing to uh, be able to come out this strong this early in the season. And I know Scott and the guys have been working really hard this off season. And, and thankful to uh, Shiggy and all our partners, Ice and A&W and, and Advix, and, and just everyone that makes this possible and TRD's support and it's, uh, it's really special to come out this strong and, and get that first win of the year under the books and, and go after more.
0: We'll get into uh, Shiggy and Scott here in just a moment, but I'm curious to know, you know, we're, we're going on along and it looks like Kyle Busch is going to pull away and get his fifth win and then all of a sudden trouble on the racetrack and, well, for the leader, uh, trouble on pit road. And the whole thing seemed to be shuffled up there through the final round of pit stops. When you're coming to the green flag, what kind of plan were you getting organized in your head
7: oh i you know there was a lot that I didn't know what was going to happen um uh, honestly, when that last caution came out i was I was kind of stressed out because after after the finish we had at Daytona, we just really needed to have a good run at Atlanta and um you know we had a really good handling tundra, and if we are bringing it home p three I was okay with that so uh that last last caution came out and really threw a wrench in that but um you know thankfully it did and and on that restart, I knew. I knew the 21 was going to be good. We battled with him all night, and uh, I knew the 13 only had taken two tires, and so we'd clearly have the advantage over him. And I just knew I needed to get a good restart and hope that the 13 got a decent restart and didn't spin his tires and hold us up. But um, he got off good for having two tires, and I was able to get to the bottom. And um, looking in the mirror, seeing them side draft each other, I knew it was we were pretty good to go there.
0: Looks like when you got into the clean air, man, it was just lights out, game over. That's the whole ball game right there. What were your thoughts going into turn number one when you opened up the inside lane and then you saw that going on behind you? What were what were your feelings right there at the truck, or in the truck, I should say?
7: Uh, yeah, I mean, those, those last two laps were, were wide open. I, um, Scotty put a little more air in the tires to keep the truck off the splitter, and, um, you know, it was holding wide open for two laps, and, and I knew the 21 would be able to do that also, so it was really a battle who, who could get clear of the truck's first um you know, obviously when they're two and three wide, all the side drafting going on really just slows the whole group down. And and that was what I wanted to see in my mirror, and it, it just worked out perfectly. Um, you know, they kept getting smaller as they stayed side by side. And, and once we got the wide, I knew it was ours.
0: And, of course, the Scotty you're referring to, Scott Zipidelli, the crew chief. They're on the number 16 truck. You know, he's been around the sport for a long time. Great guy. He's one of my resources in the garage when i uh, need a question answered what's it like to work with a knowledgeable crew chief like that and an overall great guy like scott is
7: yeah you know every time i've had the opportunity to work with scott we've we've had a lot of success in in a short amount of races and um you know all the way back to my first xfinity start finishing ninth um at iowa in 2011 uh he was crew chief in that deal so um you know we've always wanted to be able to have a working relationship together and be able to run with each other because um you know it just goes really well, even on our off days we're we're still pretty good and we're just on the same page and um you know he's incredibly smart when it comes to setting up these trucks and um you know we just we just gel well together, i guess it's um we don't have to work at our relationship, we get along good we're friends outside of it, and uh we're just on the same page, and we're always kind of thinking the same adjustments and and how far, which makes tuning the truck in a lot easier than it than it can be
0: sounds like that you guys have great communication how long did it take to get you that you've not worked a long time together on a consistent basis but when you do it seems like it's there how did you get it to that point
7: uh i don't know it just it just clicked you know it's um our first race together in that xfinity race went well and uh then we didn't work together until um you know i was at red horse filling in for matt tift in 2016 and um, you know, it's it's like getting back together with an ex-girlfriend. We just we just pick up on the same page, and and away we went. And you know, luckily we just have a lot of success together and work well together.
0: You know, a lot of people may not know that that this deal for you to drive the 16 truck for Shiggy hitori came through it at like the last minute. How late in the game did this come through in the off season for those that may not
4: know?
7: <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think I signed a contract two weeks before Daytona, so wow Uh, much like my red horse deal last year it was a last minute game um but but you know i'm just i'm so thankful for it and and we were talking for a little while before that and just finally everything came together and, and uh shiggy's built such a great race team in such a short amount of time here it's it's pretty unbelievable where they where they've gotten to from where they started last year at the beginning of the year to now you know being a winning truck it's um and that's a lot due to the efforts Ryan Truix put in and everyone put in last year and uh, just to help develop it. So, um, you know, luckily I was the one to be able to get the first win in the truck series for them, but they did a great job and made a lot of progress last year. And, you know, that definitely doesn't go unnoticed.
0: And, of course, we're talking about Shiggy Hattori, the owner of the truck there in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. We had a chance to interview him uh, in the heat of battle. As soon as you cross the start-finish line, he was a man of few words. I don't know if he was swept up in the euphoria of what you just accomplished for him. What's it like driving for him? What is his uh, what is his demeanor these days after he's had a couple of days to process what happened on Saturday night?
7: Oh, you know, I think everyone here at, at the race shop, including him, just it's a huge weight that's been lifted off our shoulders. And you know, Shiggy is season wanting to get that National Series win for a while now, and and um, you know, for for him to accomplish that is huge and um i know a lot of his supporters and partners are, are very very happy and and uh that's only going to help this program get better and and i think looking down the road you know we're just we're going to keep bringing bringing the best we got and and keep working to get better and you know the reality is we do need to get a little better we weren't a dominant truck by any means and um we had a really good tundra but uh we still have room to improve and and that's what i like about everyone's attitude here including shiggy himself it's, it's okay what do we need to do to get better you know it was it was fun and we had a good time for a night um you know the next day we we're in the shop on sunday working trying to get ready for vegas and um you know just because we got one win we're not content we want to get a whole bunch of them
0: well the good news is my friend you're in the playoffs and we're not even out of the month of february yet
7: <laughs> what, a, what a difference a year can make let me tell you <laughs>
0: oh my goodness it's uh it's good to get that weight lifted off the shoulders as well the next challenge for you will be the las vegas motor speedway this weekend what kind of um what kind of expectations do you have on this team when you head out to that mile and a half which is totally different from the one you just left in atlanta
7: um yeah you know it's well we we're bringing the exact same truck luckily we didn't put a scratch on it in the race and uh, all we did is, is put a fresh engine in it and re-pulled it down and rescaled it, and, and we're getting it ready to, to load up tonight so the truck driver can get on the road. But um, you know, it's a really good truck, and we want to go win another race. Um, you know, it's we're definitely not backing off by any means, and, and we're going to do everything we can to go try to win two in a row here.
0: Well, that uh, that truck that you drove on Saturday, the operation in general has come a long way, and now. You're winners in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. You're a playoff team now in the Truck Series, and we will, we will look for you to be towards the front reaches of the field there in Las Vegas on Friday night.
7: Yeah, that's where I plan to be, so thank you. I, uh, I appreciate that.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Brett. Congratulations again on the Atlanta win. Go get them out there in the West.
7: we Will do. We'll uh, have that 16 up front again and hopefully another good night. That is your Atlanta
0: winner, Brett Moffitt, joining us here on NASCAR Live. Coming up, Kim Kuhn will stop by for this week's Social Media Minute and we'll preview this week's MRN Radio Presents podcast series, the 1993 season, 25 years later.
10: Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com. Kim
0: Kuhn has a social media minute next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live.
0: Now, back to Mike Bagley. Rolling on along here on NASCAR Live. Kim Kuhn joins us now. Kim? What have you got for us in this week's Social Media Minute?
10: Well, Mike, I think we can agree one of the favorite things about race weekend is when celebrities make a visit. Now, sometimes they're just there to enjoy the racing action. Sometimes they're waving the green flag or driving the pace car or they're the grand marshal. Atlanta was no exception. Kenan Thompson was the official grand marshal. If that name doesn't ring a bell, let me remind you, he is the longest-serving cast member on Saturday Night Live. And if you're of my generation, you'll obviously recognize him. Remember, he was on the Nickelodeon series, All That. He totally geeked out this race weekend, which was so cool, because usually when celebrities visit the racetrack, it's the industry and the fans and the drivers that are super stoked about the celebrity being there. Well, Keenan was beside himself to be here for the race weekend. You can go to his Twitter, at OfficialKenan. If you missed anything in Atlanta, he's basically captured everything. You can see a video of him doing the command. He's got pictures from Pit Road. He caught up with Austin Dillon's pit crew after they won the Daytona 500. And then he took some photos with some different drivers, including Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace. So he just really soaked it all in. And it's so great to see celebrities embrace NASCAR. But speaking of Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin it looks like we have a new rivalry in NASCAR. This stemmed from our opening Daytona 500. Obviously, Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin got into each other at the very end of the race. And there were some words exchanged. Well, the rivalry has continued and we saw it in Atlanta, not necessarily on the track, but off the track. It was confirmed that Bubba has been kicked off Hamlin's Golf League and he's already removed himself from Hamlin's Basketball league, remember the hoop group. So that's something to keep our eye on on track and off track, especially as we move into this West Coast swing. Remember, we're headed to Las Vegas for the first race weekend of hashtag NASCARGoesWest. So if you're watching, following along, make sure not only to use the hashtag AskMRN, but using that hashtag NASCARGoesWest. And of course, always you can follow us at MRN Radio.
0: Thank you, Kimmy. Last week on MRN.com, we started a new podcast series called The 1993 Season 25 Years Later. It's a 10-part series that walks you through the entire season, all the while telling stories from race to race. Drivers like Dale Jarrett, Mark Martin, Jeff Gordon, Rusty Wallace, and many others are all present on this retrospective program. On this week's show, you'll hear about Rusty's win at Rockingham, Kenny Wallace's trip to the hospital in Richmond and the blizzard of 93 in Atlanta.
1: Rusty Wallace behind the wheel. Buddy Parrott and the
0: fellas behind
3: pit wall. We knew that Roger was used to win. And here's a guy that's won 16 Indy 500s. And I'll tell you, at the end of 92 season, he, he approached me. He wanted to quit. He wanted to turn the team over to Don Miller and myself and just get out of it, because the whole look of it, the way we were performing, everything was not up to his standards, it really wasn't.
0: Trouble here is Kenny Wallace and Bobby Hamilton got together here, coming out of turn number four.
3: Bottom line is I had carbon monoxide poisoning. They took me by ambulance after that race to the Richmond Hospital, and I mean, just like that story about Michael Jackson, the singer, right? They they take all my clothes off. Make sure I have nothing metal on me. I'm naked.
9: The rookie went over the line. They put the gas in, and he went over, had to back up. and He lost quite a bit of time, eight seconds on the pit stop for Jeff Gordon.
6: Oh, no, no. Remember exactly. I was just talking about it this morning. You know, you you, you remember more about the ones you lost than you, than you than you won. But we should have won that race. It's well documented that that Alan
3: Kawicki, uh was there that Saturday morning. You know, working on his car in a blinding snowstorm. And I'll never understand who designed that old garage area, Atlanta, because they put doors on one side of it and didn't put doors on the other side of it. It's like, did you run out of money before you could get doors on both sides?
0: Mark Martin is on the pole. He has one here at The Rock, driving the Valvoline Ford.
9: A lot of the guys ran all over that racetrack. It took some discipline to hook that left front down there, and Kyle Petty uh, spanked our bottoms seriously for a couple of years there doing that and uh i pay attention
0: that's all from this week's mrn presents the 1993 season 25 years later you can download it for free on itunes and at mrn.com coming up next we'll get a preview of las vegas with martin choex jr's crew chief cole pern and later atlanta winning crew chief rodney childers stops by
2: Facebook and Twitter, MRN is there. Follow MRN on social media for all the latest happenings from the track and in NASCAR. Breaking news, video, photos, live races and shows, stats, opinion, and more. Follow along on MRN's Facebook and Twitter. The Country 500 Music Festival is back at Daytona International Speedway. How do you like me now? With Toby Keith, Chris Stapleton, in My Sarah, on the beach,
9: Sugar Land, Billy Currington, and so much more. Country 500,
2: Memorial Day weekend, May 25th, 26th, and 27th. For tickets and information, visit country500.com. Sponsored in part by Budweiser. Need to find your local MRN radio station? Taking a trip and want to listen to NASCAR races? Go to MRN.com. Click on stations to find all MRN's local radio stations. Plan a trip and map out MRN stations along your route. MRN on your local stations. Tune in.
0: Martin ShowX Jr.'s Crew Chief Cole Pern is up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for hanging out with us on this week's edition
0: of NASCAR Live. As we get ready to head out west, we remember that Martin Truex Jr. won at Las Vegas Motor Speedway last year. Matter of fact, that was the first of his eight wins in the 2017 season. His crew chief, Cole Pern, talked with Woody Kane about going back there this weekend.
1: Well, Cole, you guys won at Las Vegas a year ago. So from a crew chief's perspective, what are the particular challenges of making a car go fast at Las Vegas Motor Speedway?
5: Uh, Vegas is tough. You know, it's, uh, it's a mile and a half, but it's got a lot of character. So the bumps are pretty violent, and, you know, you got to be able to get through those, and, and uh, it's such a high-speed track. So I think, uh, you know, being able to have, you know, a decent amount of grip in the car to be able to, to roll at a lot of speed, but then still be able to get through the bumps is, uh, is definitely the challenge
1: things change so quickly in a year i don't guess you're a guy who's going to bring the same car back again with with the way the rules all change over time or or does your team kind of have a rotation of this car goes when the calendar hits or do you get your choice to pick i like this car better
5: uh we're just always trying to bring our our latest and best you know we really don't uh we don't really have favorite cars anymore kind of you know you're just always trying to to stay updated and and uh you know hopefully every week you can just bring the best car you got
1: this year, we've seen the evolution of the pit stop, and everybody, it seems, is still kind of trying to figure that thing out. How long do you think in the season we're going to go before everybody has a real good handle on it, and the tweaking kind of ends, if it ever does?
5: I don't know. It's uh, it's been a tough, uh, tough deal. You know, it seems like uh, you know when they when they have a clean one, it's fine. It's just you know if you have anything go wrong or anything uh, that doesn't go smoothly, it just it makes it really, really bad. So I think that's. Uh, everything's just so on the edge of it going right or not, I think is uh, is where the struggle is. So, you know, hopefully those guys, uh, you know, continue to get a rhythm and the more they get comfortable with it, the more they do it, um, you know, hopefully those blow-ups uh, don't happen as much moving forward.
1: There's not much wiggle room for you there. I mean, the Jack man, I mean, the, the gas man can't really do anything but fuel the car unless he goes over to help fix some damage on the car, which you don't like to see. But, I mean, there's not much wiggle room for you there, is there?
5: No, there's not. And it's just, uh, you know, with the, with the new guns, you know, they're quite a bit slower than one what we're used to so if you miss a lug the recovery time that much longer so it's just uh anything that that doesn't go smoothly just adds a ton amount of time where before if you had a little hiccup here or there you could recover and it's uh, and not have it kill you as bad but it's definitely uh, everything's so on the edge right now
1: and finally just a little fun question when you're in vegas do you have a favorite meal you like to try to go or a favorite uh, uh gambling machine you like to try and play are you into that at all
5: um I'm, maybe if i was there on vacation not for uh, not for work by any means but uh, we try and uh, we typically go out for dinner as a team on uh, on Saturday night before the race, and, and uh, that's kind of our normal routine, but we'll definitely uh, definitely make a habit of that. We've had a good success there over the years, so we've got to keep that tradition going.
1: All right. Thanks for your time, and good
0: luck in Vegas. Thanks, Woody. That's Martin Truex Jr.'s crew chief, Cole Pern. And just because Toyota hasn't won a race this year, they are not to be dismissed as contenders for this weekend's race in Las Vegas. Rodney Childers, speaking of winners. He's the crew chief for Kevin Harvick. They won over the weekend in Atlanta, and Rodney joins us next. I'm
9: not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that honey to bloom. Let it get in my senses like a sonic boom. No rules, just right. So cold, so nice, and I'm so...
1: what it's all
2: about the new NASCAR season at the new ISM raceway in Phoenix think it'll be loud nope louder think it'll be wild nope wilder you think you've seen it all we're just getting started join the nascar nation in phoenix for the ticket guardian 500 race weekend march 9th 10th and 11th find tickets from 30 dollars now at ismraceway.com atlanta
0: winning crew chief rodney childers joins us next this is nascar live on the motor racing network the voice of nascar
2: this is nascar live now back to mike bagley We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. Over the
0: weekend, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series ran the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And after a rain delay and at night's end, it was Kevin Harvick going back to victory lane at Atlanta after waiting 17 years. The man helped him get there joins us now on the hotline. Rodney Childers in the house, the crew chief for Kevin Harvick in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Rodney, welcome back to NASCAR Live. Congratulations on that Atlanta win.
6: Oh, I appreciate it. It was uh, definitely a special win to get him back into victory lane there. Uh, that's always been a a good place for him and, and a place that he enjoys racing at. And uh, we've just been so fast over the last, you know, four years there that, um, you know, we felt like we gave too many away and, and uh, should have been in victory lane a long time ago. But it felt good to uh, finally get it in victory lane.
0: Why of all racetracks is that so special to get him back to victory lane in?
6: Well, I think you know the biggest thing is just that's where he got his first cup win at, um, you know, and and we all know um, how all that went down and um, you know how how much of a a big deal that was and um, you know and I think the other side of it is it's it's just a cool racetrack and you know the the tires wear out the asphalt is just where it needs to be and um, he just really loves uh, racing there so. Um, you know, I think he, I think he's probably got about 12 wins that he should have had there and, and something slipped away. And, um, so, you know, at least we got number two for him and, and, um, got to like, got to go to victory lane.
0: You know, you talk about the racetrack. It's a very abrasive track. The last time it was paved was in 1997. So we got 21 years on that surface. And we know that uh, crew chiefs and drivers like abrasive racetracks. They like track with what's called quote-unquote character. And I know that last year there was discussion of repaving it. The drivers pleaded the track not to do it. They didn't, and that put a lot of smiles on people's faces. But does the garage know that it's going to happen sometime? Uh, It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when.
6: Well, I mean, I think it just depends on, you know, what kind of, Uh, aging process the track goes through like you said I mean it's been 21 years and we can still drive the racetrack and and uh, we can still do the things that we need to do with it it's not uh, you know it doesn't have uh, you know 12 by 12 squares of asphalt flying out of it knocking the nose off of people's cars so um, it still does everything the way that you want it to do Um, you know I think when they paved it way back when it was It was done the right way and um, you know you look at some of the other places we've had trouble with with Texas and um, it just wasn't done the right way it wasn't done um, the right way to begin with and and that's really the reason we had so many problems with it so um, you know it's got a lot of character right now Um, and also I think you know when you talk about drivers and crew chiefs and everybody else so we we grew up racing on stuff like that that's what we enjoy and uh, I think you're always gonna have that push from from the garage to try to try to race on uh you know, wore out asphalt.
0: There was obviously a weather delay. Mother Nature moved through there on Sunday morning. When you guys took the green flag, how much did that change things with the race car? What were you forced to do during the race that you otherwise wouldn't have because you had a green racetrack to work with?
6: I think the biggest thing is just not overreacting and uh making sure that the uh, you give the time, you know, the track time to come to you and and figure out what you need before you go adjusting on it. It's really easy to to mess a car up at at Atlanta. Um, you know, one little thing can can you know make it too tight in the center of the corner, and if you're too tight in the center of the corner, it makes it really loose off there. So uh, overall, it's it's just about getting that balance exactly right. It's it's a fine line there of. Um, you know, having it right and not wearing out your tires and all that stuff. But uh, we didn't have to change a lot from from how we were in the sunshine. Uh, We felt like we had a good car in the sun and felt like we had a good car under the clouds too. So uh, just thankful that it all worked out for us. In watching the
0: race, it appeared to me after a restart, after about 10 laps, that's when Kevin would come to life. and, And if he was down any sort of a deficit to any position on the racetrack, he'd start making up ground. What allowed that to happen? What was what was going on with either him or the race car that after about ten lap, ten laps in he got her prune pretty good.
6: I think the biggest thing is just him trying to take care of his tires there at the beginning of each run. Um, that's really when you can hurt them the most is when the those first few laps and uh, he he's good at that stuff. You know all the places where you you wear the tires out. He's good at taking care of them and understands what he needs to do and. He's good with his uh, right foot when it comes to not spinning them off the corner and all that stuff. So, um, you know, there's quite a few guys out there that struggle with that that side of it. And, um, you know, he tries to take advantage of that part. Chatting
0: with Rodney Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick, winners of Sunday's Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Rodney, second race into the season, uh, second race to the -the over-the-wall restrictions that we have. Five men now allowed to go over the wall to service the race car. What are some of your observations at Daytona? Were those observations different at Atlanta? And where is the team in the process about getting acclimated to this new procedure and this new rule?
6: Oh, man, it definitely seems like all the teams up and down pit road are getting better and better each week. Um, You know, it's all about the athletes and and um what they're doing this year and trying to to put more emphasis on the athletes themselves and not pick guns and jacks and all that different stuff so uh know, i feel like our guys have done a good job um you know it's it's a different ball game you know you take guy guys that have been jacking cars and have never uh tried to hang a tire on to uh now they have to be tire carriers also and you got tire carriers that have become some jack men and Uh, There's been a lot of changing around throughout the garage. So um, I feel like our group has done a a good job, like I said, and, and, um, you know, they keep fighting every day to to try to make themselves better.
0: You mentioned pit guns. Obviously you were one of the teams that encountered some challenges. Have you been able to diagnose the issue, and where do you go from here after learning what you've learned?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think some of that stuff may be bleeding over from the Xfinity races on Saturday. Uh, They said that they've had some problems with – some of those Xfinity guys when they when they pull the tires off, uh, especially the front, that they'll actually uh set the set the tire or bounce the tire off of the gun uh as they're pulling it off and the fitting that comes out of the bottom of the gun where the hose connects is um you know, honestly pretty thin and um so we're thinking that maybe that got cracked on Saturday and, and um you know nobody noticed and then on our uh, second pit stop of the race, it, it just kind of come apart right there. So, um, you know, it, our changer knew something wasn't right when he was on the right front, he could hear um, air bleeding as he's trying to change the right front tire. And as he's running around the front of the car, he, he heard it getting worse and worse. And then by the time he got over to the left front and was trying to get lug nuts back on it, it blew apart. So, um, you know, like, like i was telling a lot of people after the race you know the people that do the guns have done a good job with it um when you're talking about getting 150 pit guns ready all in about two months span uh, along with regulators along with hoses and and all the racetrack support that they need um I, i don't really know if anybody could have done a better job so um we're all learning through this together and um you know i think it's just going to take time to, to get it all nailed down. It's going to be parts and pieces and, and just fine-tuning on things and make it on better each week.
0: The next opportunity for that to happen is obviously out west, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, the first of three West Coast races. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of Las Vegas, just the nuts and bolts of a three-race swing out west. Is the team staying out west? Are they coming back east? How does... How does the crew manage getting enough rest, getting the body acclimated to the time zones and all that so so they're spry as possible on Sunday?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think this year uh, our plan is to kind of split it up a little bit. We've got uh, myself and and our two engineers and a few road guys coming back from um, Las Vegas and we'll be here at the shop to work and, and to make sure that the California stuff is ready to go and uh, anything that needs to be done with all that. And then we've got, uh, four or five guys that are going to stay out there and, um, you know, switch the truck out, uh, Monday after Vegas, you know, actually unload the Phoenix car and work on it in the garage out there and change some things on it nut and nothing bolted and, and do all the things that we normally have time to do at the shop. So, um, hopefully we can get, you know, Phoenix and California both covered all in that, that week. And, and uh, be prepared the best we can
0: for Las Vegas Motor Speedway. What's uh what are some of the challenges that that track throws your way?
6: Well, I think you know Vegas has got a little bit rougher through one and two uh, over the last few years, and um, you know it's it's kind of a, a different racetrack on one end than the other. Uh, definitely a little flat flatter in one and two, and, and like I said, a little rougher and. Um, you know, it seems like when you get your car good on one end, it's not as good on the other end. So it's just trying to get that, that fine line of a balance uh, on both ends of the racetrack and making sure that, um, you know, your your tires are where they need to be and uh, and all that stuff. So uh, we look forward to going out there. We felt like we had a really good car there last year and, and um, you know, ran over something and blew a right front tire. So, um know yeah, we feel good about what we've got and hopefully we can go out there and be competitive again this year.
0: Unlike Atlanta is a two tire stop a possibility at Las Vegas at some point if the circumstances are right?
6: Uh, you may see somebody try it at some point, but tires are worth a lot right now and a lot of your grip comes out of the left side tires these days and um, you know it, it may work for some track position. you know I think we still got to see how the cars race um on the aero dependent racetracks and you know atlanta is definitely more of a tire and mechanical grip type track and in vegas you're definitely on the other side of that to where it's it's a lot about aero so i feel like um you know this weekend will be a different race than what we saw last weekend um you know i, I feel like even as a company we don't know where we're at yet i think you know last week was a, a good weekend for us but i think you know, until we get through a few weekends, we're, we're not going to really know where we're at. So, um, you know, like I said, we we feel like we're prepared, but uh, hopefully, we can go out there and perform as a company.
0: Well, we wish you the best. We congratulate you on winning at Atlanta. Got yourself locked into the playoffs already, and we'll see what you got for them out there in Sin City, Rodney. Appreciate the time. Safe travels to you. All right, thank you. That's Rodney Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Coming up next. We've got this week in NASCAR history and a preview of Las Vegas with Kevin and others as NASCAR Live continues.
8: This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs, like the free fix finder tool. When your check engine light comes on, get it checked out at AutoZone. Whether it's small or serious, you can troubleshoot the real problem free of charge so you can get it fixed right the first time. And power through the dark this winter by upgrading to brighter headlights. You can boost your visibility and your safety. Visit any of our 5,000 locations nationwide and let's get you what you need.
4: Get in the zone, AutoZone.
2: Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff.
4: Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You need music to get pumped? Hit it!
1: Drum solo! Ow, that hurts my fingers.
2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. This is NASCAR Live! Now, back to Mike
0: Bagley. Winding down on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's race in Atlanta. But first, let's turn back the clock on this week in NASCAR history. 1984 is where we start this week. Van Halen is number one on the radio with Jump at the box office. Footloose against all odds. And this is Spinal Tap. We're raking in the bulk of ticket sales. And NASCAR was racing at Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway. After sustaining injuries at Daytona the week prior, Ricky Rudd, eyes taped open and all. Drove his Ford to victory lane in the Miller 400.
3: I'm anxious Bud Moore and his team are standing on pit road watching this one unfold, hoping that Ricky Rudd can pull it out. White flag as he scoots back into turn number one, and he is far ahead of Waltrip now by about seven or eight car lengths. As two cars positioned between himself and Darrell, he's in the back stretch.
0: Ricky Rudd, he's not going to press it now. He's sandwiched in behind Lake Speed, ahead of Cale Yarborough. Waltrip's has got a factor as Ricky Rudd takes his time in turn
3: three and Here's four. Here's Ricky Rudd out of turn number four, will come down to the line, take the checkered flag and win the miller 400
0: moving forward to 1995 pearl jam has the number one song with better man the largest airport in the united states the denver international airport opened for business and nascar was racing in rockingham jeff gordon took the checkered flag that day in the Goodwrench 500 it would be the last 500 miler at the rock Time down the back stretch, Jeff Gordon's rainbow Chevrolet diving into turn number three, not pushing the issue, just following the lap traffic through off turn four. One final corner for Jeff Gordon now, and the checkered flag is in sight. Jeff Gordon is a winner, and we end this week in 2000. Santana has the number one album in the United States with Supernatural. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is one of the top selling books, and again, we were at Rockingham this time. It was Bobby Labani winning the Duralube Kmart 400. Let's forget about it. Should be able to coast
3: on in from now as Bobby Labonte takes his to the car off turn number two, hits the back straight away, still following Mike Skinner. Earnhardt closes in and finally gets rid of Jerry Nadeau. The sand now beginning a trickle out of the hourglass. Time running out for Earnhardt Labonte through three for the final time, and he heads off turn four.
9: Bobby Labonte becomes the 26th different driver to win a Winston Cup race in Rockingham. Checkered
0: flag, Labonte scores the Duraloo
9: Kmart 400. <laughs>
0: Happy birthdays this week go to Mario Andretti and Ty Dillon. And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. This weekend, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series heads to Las Vegas Motor Speedway for a preview. Here's Susie Armstrong.
4: Thank you, Mike. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams launched the Western Swing this week as the haulers head for Sin City and the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. 2017 champion Martin Trix Jr. returns to the mile-and-a-half trial to defend his race win and hopes to boost the team's morale as he did one year ago.
1: At the beginning of the season last year, we had a, a brand-new 2018 Camry we were trying to figure out and felt like we were behind the curve a little bit on that. You know, so to, I think come out of the box as strong as we did and win Vegas. Uh, it definitely made us feel good, and and you know we knew we we still had some development to do, some things to work on to get better.
4: Riding high on the momentum from his dominant Atlanta win Sunday, Kevin Harvick anticipates another challenging and revealing contest this weekend.
7: Uh, you go to Vegas, which is as close to what we're going to be doing on the mile and a half for the rest of the year as, as anywhere we're going to go in the first eight weeks. Now, you're going to really see where we are from an arrow standpoint and. You know, where everything is from a manufacturer standpoint as far as who needs to work on what. Two
4: times a Vegas winner, Brad Kozlowski looks forward to grappling for his third victory in the desert, a feat that
6: slipped away last season. We probably should have won this race last spring, and we, we had a part failure on the, next to the last lap and uh, while leading. So that's just part of how it goes. But uh, it's been a fun track for us as of late, and, uh, you know, now we got two races here. It seems to justify us coming here and, and putting a little extra effort into this one with uh, – it kind of starting out the season or close to starting up the season um, and then having such an important
9: effect on the back half of the season.
4: With two poles yet only one top five in the books at the Nevada track, Las Vegas native Kurt Busch hopes to just close the deal this Sunday.
9: I've always struggled here in Vegas. I've qualified well over the years but haven't raced well
4: and so I'm looking to turn that around. There's no sense in you know having those fast laps at the beginning if you can't back them up at the end of the race. The Pennzoil 400 takes the green this Sunday afternoon at Las Vegas Motor Speedway just after 3:30 p.m. Eastern. For this week's NASCAR Live race preview, I'm Susie Armstrong. Thank
0: you, Susie. Can't wait to get to Vegas kicking off the first of three races in as many weeks out west. Our thanks this week To Tony Stewart for joining us. Also, Rodney Childers, Brett Moffitt, and Cole Pearn. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week right here on NASCAR Live. So long, everyone.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
4: Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you wanna keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, ruof